Gentlemen, to another episode of Tales of the Two Percent. I am your boy, your man, your friend, your homie, Mr. Wilson. Guys, welcome back on in. Guys, remember, Tales of the Two Percent is brought to you by the good folks over at Crux Media Group, Group LLC, and they will get you anything you need from getting your podcast started to getting monetized, getting it out there, man. So make sure you email the good folks over at Crux Media Group. Remember, Crux. We are at the heart, the crux of podcasts, man. But I got my guys with me. Couldn't do this by myself. Uh, let's go ahead and get him on up in here, ladies and gentlemen. You know him, you love him, the homie, America's favorite TDS, the coolest TDS. Magic I'll tell you what's going on, boy. What's up, man? What's going on, people? There he is, there he is, in live and direct from the Lewis compound sitting in the parlor is the man this is too cool for school himself Antoine what's going on boy what up what up what up there he is there he is there he is man our boy Donnie is running a little late but he is on the way man fellas just gotta ask, man. How is it? What's going on? What's how we doing? Hey, man. It's uh, testing time. Georgia milestone uh, all over the state of Georgia. So you know these times are pretty rigid. Um, you know we've done everything we could as teachers. Now it's time to let the students showcase what they have learned. So, hey, man. After this, it's the stretch home, baby. Summertime. I smell it. I smell it. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I see it in the horizon. It's been it's been laid back, man. Just uh. You know, just supporting and, and doing the best that I can to pop in these schools and, and help make sure people get to the finish line. Important. Very important. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Very, very important. Very important, man. Uh, definitely same thing for me over there. GMAS is everywhere. Uh, actually been having to proctor. Uh, be a test examiner for eighth graders, man. Shout out to the eighth graders everywhere who already took those end of uh, course, end of grade assessments. All those kids who took those high school classes who had to take those uh, advanced tests earlier in the week, man. Shout out to you guys. And then, you know, let's go ahead. Like everybody said, now's the time just to finish strong, man. It was, <laughs> it is um, just time to, as, as, as our athletic coaches, our people like to say, you've prepared, you've practiced. You came to practice, you know, got it right. It's game time now, baby. That's what it is. It's game time right now. So shout out to everybody getting ready to crush it with the GMAS this week, man. But um, other than that, man, just guys, welcome on in. Guys, remember that to make sure if you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure to follow us at Mr. TOTP on Twitter at Tales of the 2% on Instagram. Join the conversation in our Facebook group at Tales of the 2% podcast. If you want to be a part of the conversation, leave us a teacher's lounge confessions, email the show at TOTP podcast at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 470-765-8688. Man, we would love to have you on. Now, as always, guys, it's the end of the school year, but we being the particularly diligent 
and detailed men that we are. We always make sure our lesson plans are together and like a lesson plan. Our show is set up like a lesson plan. Our first time listeners, guys, remember that uh, we got our warm up. We got our class announcements, learning objective, academic discussion, data talk, took the guided practice and the independent practice out for right now. Swap it for the teacher's house confessionals. Uh, then we got our SEL moment and then finally a ticket out the door. But, you know, enough of the formalities. Let's get into the warm-up for today and i am interested to hear these answers we are jumping back to a favorite game alphabet aerobics we're gonna go a through z using one letter uh using every letter in the alphabet to see if we can stick to the particular topic and today's topic gentlemen things to do over summer break things to do over summer break a through z i'm gonna take the first letter a now take B, Antoine, you take C. When Donnie get in here, we're just going to throw him in the mix, and then we'll just keep going like that, fellas. Let's say you good, ready to go. That's it. Let's go. Let's go. All right, man. All right, all right. Let's go. Things to do over summer break. I start with A. A is a lot of nothing. That's exactly what I'm about to do. A lot of nothing over summer break. Hey, man, B, you got to go play some basketball. Uh, C, uh, maybe go yeah. camping. Yeah. yeah. Camping, C. Camping. Going camping. I like it. Yeah, 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 I like it. D, uh, you know what? Let the top down, roll the windows down, go for a drive. Get some of that summer air. Just go out there, let your hair down. Hey, E, you gotta go run some errands. <laughs> Uh, Elf, um, I would nope. say, man, there's a few of them for Elf. Fourth of July, family time, family reunions. Let me go with that. There we go. Okay. Cousin. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, G, what do you got for G? Gotta go swimming. Gotta go swimming. G, go swimming. There it is. Go swimming. Okay, A, B, C, M, G, H. Uh, hey, go ahead and take your horseback ride. Okay. And look, while you on after that horseback ride, just go get you some riding. ice cream. Ah, ice cream. <laughs> horseback riding and ice cream. Who go. are you guys? <laughs> Me and my cricket team do that every weekend. What are you talking about? Shitty <laughs> 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 old mate. Pip, pip. Pip, pip. Horseback riding and ice cream. Oh. <laughs> uh, where are we at? Jay. Um, Jay, what you do for Jay? Do some jet setting, man. Hop on the plane and fly somewhere. Go somewhere. Yeah. Do that. Jets. That's it. There it is. Okay. Let's see. You know what? <clears throat> During the break, man, you know, over the summer, go ahead and get you some Krispy Kreme donuts. That's that's a good little outing. Ooh, praise God. Praise Make sure the hot God. Side. That's a yearly. That's a day and weekly outing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. Because it's the summer, <laughs> letter L, 
Let's live a little bit, man. Let's live life, man. Yeah, 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 bro. There it is. There it is. There it is. And then uh, once you live a little bit, as Najee just told us, uh, the letter M, make sure you make time for yourself, man. But take time to refuel, take time to replug, re re-energize all those things, man. M, make time for yourself, man. As Antoine likes to tell us, get in touch with your star player. And while you getting in touch with your star player, for N, go ahead and take a nap. Take your nap, man. Take a nap. <laughs> Preach. Preach. Several. Several. And you know what? Now that I think about it, and then after you take that nap, Antoine, <laughs> you know what you need to do? You need to get up and go back outdoors. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Yeah. Enjoy some more summertime. <laughs> yeah. Get that sunlight, melanin. <laughs> Don't stay napping too long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, snap. And, and and while you are outside, while you are enjoying all of the beauty, make sure you take time to pray. That's it. Just take time to pray, man. Be thankful. Give your blessings. Talk to the man upstairs. Just be thankful. Take time to pray. I'm going to go with, let's see, Q. Make sure you get some quiet time. Get some quiet time. Yeah. Spend a little bit of time yeah. by yourself yeah. quiet. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, take time to go run a go run a marathon or, or run a race this summer. They have plenty. I forgot y'all on your running race game over here in this group here. Every other day, every other weekend, somebody running a marathon. <laughs> Right. All right. So we will QRS. And once you're done running, you know you're going to be hungry. So take time to snack. Snack often. Snack a lot. Snack on stuff you ain't supposed to be snacking on. Snacks on some stuff. Get your snack on this summertime. Don't be afraid of it. I got snacks. They got snacks. We got snacks. Who all got snacks? Snack this summer. Let's see. QRST. Uh, Hey, go if you can go somewhere where you can go tubing, man. Find you one of these rivers and go Ooh. water tubing, man. Go tubing. Mm. I've never done that. Oh man, yeah. I love tubing. Yeah, I've never done it, but you know, tubing. Really? Now you gone tubing? Yeah, man. I've been tubing, whitewater rafting, kayaking. Name it, did it, <laughs> canoeing. That just that's that. That was my lifestyle. You know what? I want. I want to. Well, now you got a postcard with his face on. Really? <laughs> I've been here. I've been there. I've been over there. You're a bad boy. <laughs> I've been to West. Hey, I've been to South Cab Mall. He got, he got, he got a box food. Hey man, that was an adventure, Antoine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Was it? Alright, you uh dang you two with another year. Uh you know, it's the summertime, so you know we have we have a lot of rain in the summer. So you got to keep that umbrella on deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
It's raining. It's raining right now. There, there we go. Mm. We got T U. And when and when you use your umbrella, since we're on the letter V, make sure you take time to visit. Go visit folks, go visit landmarks, go visit destinations, go visit your favorite food spot, go visit your favorite yeah, salon. Just take time to visit. Get out there and see people, man. Go visit folks. W, we're gonna go with take a walk, man. Go walking. Walk, walk, man. Walk your neighborhood. Go speak to a neighbor you may have not have spoken to. You never know what's going on. And just walk. Walking is therapeutic. You know, and after you've done that walk. All right, yeah, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, just stepping up in the building. is America's favorite sandwich. Hey, hey, what's going on, boy? Good morning, good morning. Daddy! Hey, hey, hold on. Pause a minute. Daddy. Donnie, you late, so you got the next two letters. I just want you to know that. Put a warm up. Oh, come on, come on. <laughs> Donnie, so you got So Donnie, you got X and Y. What you gonna do for what you gonna do for summer? X and Y, fine. I'm gonna learn to play the xylophone. <laughs> Earn some change on the street corner. Help pay for my tuition. Pay this masters off. That's so it. You see a ball guy playing his other phone in Atlanta. That's me. Don't ask me no questions. Just give me some dollars. For real. <laughs> Why? Yoga. Ah, nice. Find, find my center. Yoga. Way to come in, Donnie. <laughs> Time. <laughs> so, Donnie, <laughs> you know what? I don't want to stop your fire, but go ahead and take go ahead and take Z since you, since you did, man. Just, just go ahead and knock it on out the park, though. Easy, zoo. Oof. Hang My man came in here like I didn't have to study. <laughs> the test was easy. <laughs> You hate no people. That test was easy. <laughs> we over here struggling with the easy levels. Yeah, we struggling. Oh, I need oh. I need 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 I <laughs> they had questions on the back. Fool with y'all today, man. I am not fool with y'all today. Hey, man. Before we get, before we get into our analysis, that again, fellas, make sure you follow us on Mr. TOTP on Twitter at Tales of the Two Percent on Instagram. Join the conversation with our Facebook group at uh, Tales of the 2% Podcast. We want to be a part of the conversation. Leave us a teacher's house confession. Email the show at TOTVpodcast at gmail.com or call to leave a voicemail at 477-765-8688. If you will, brother, give us our announcements and our learning objective for today. Roger that. May 8th through May 12th is Teachers Appreciation Week. 
We here at Tales of the 2% encourage all of our listeners to take time to reach out to all of those in the field of education and show them love and appreciation that many of us in the field go without. To all the teachers currently working, those that are retired, or on the verge of starting fresh in the field, we at the Tales of the 2% salute you for being the teachers our kids need. I appreciate it, brother. Learning objective. Our learning objective is to express what drives the 2% to stay motivated in education. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, this, um, this, this, uh, this academic discussion came about actually from talking to an assistant principal and she actually asked me this guiding question and this is why I wanted to bring it to you guys. We'll post this on our social medias hopefully this time um, during the week. But the question she asked me was, is what drove you to teach the same thing that keeps you teaching? And she, she, she looked me straight in my face. She says, what, the reason why you started teaching, is it the same reason why you keep teaching? So I'll be honest, I'm going to jump in here on first. I'll jump in first on a guiding question. What drove me to teach is not the same thing that keeps me teaching. I'll be honest with you. When I got into the teaching field, what drove me to the teaching field, I was, and I might have shared my story before, man. I was actually just a kid fresh out of college. I had a biology degree. I know what to do with it. I was actually working as a custodian in Clayton County Public Schools two years prior to actually becoming a teacher. And then, you know, you know somebody talked to me. It was like, yo, you got this degree. We got TAP program. Go do that. You know, so I was like, all right, fine. You know, I got to put the degree to use. But then when I got into teaching and I saw the need for teachers, for black male teachers, for positive role models and influences, that's what keeps me in the field now, man. So I'm going to pose the same uh, guiding question to everybody, man. And Najee, I'm going to kick it out to you first. Is what drove you to teach the same thing that keeps you teaching? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I would say for me, um, I mean, teaching was has always been like a, a unidentified passion for me that I didn't even know was my passion because I had a passion with working with kids, uh, connecting with adults. You know what I'm saying? So um, when I initially joined, got into teaching, it was a lady who came to my office uh, when I was working at the bank and we talked. She was a black lady and she was just telling me she thinks that I'll be great as a teacher. I asked my wife. And I felt motivated at that point because I knew I didn't want to be at the bank. And, you know, I had a son coming up that I had to change my schedule um, in order to, like, be a, be home more so I can be a good father for my son and be present. And, you know, that was my motivation getting into it, just changing careers and trying to do something that I know that's just going to come natural for me, which is, you know, connecting with people, teaching. And I just did that um, naturally. Um, but what's keeping me teaching, uh, I believe, is those same that same feeling, <clears throat> the same feeling for me wanting to be at home more, you know, over the summers, being able to raise my son, be a good husband to my wife, um, because education gives you that time to spend with family and, and also being able to do what I what I love to do, that passion, still able to work with kids, work with yeah. adults. So I think I think. Uh, <laughs> I still have that same drive from when I first started to now. It's what's keeping me teaching and working in education. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
and stuff. Don, same question, bro. So I would say my goals have changed. So when I first got into education, I I got like a natural high for lack of better words off of exposing students to different things, information, yeah. the way the you know a child's eyes would light up when they would get results from an experiment or a demonstration. That was mm-hmm. that was the high point of my moment each time in my career. That's what I first got in the, the education for. It was the ahas. It was the it was the way their faces would just light up, and it was like a drug. That's what kept me coming back, especially being a science teacher. You know, you you know what that's like, uh, Wilson and oh, yeah. um, and e, being science yeah. teachers, yeah. Um, and even you, um, Lewis. Like anytime you know, kid finally gets it, how to write that persuasive essay or what have you. That that's what kept me coming back. Now that I can officially say that I'm a seasoned vet, what keeps me in the game is a different type of uh, high, so to speak, which is getting better. You know, I I, I once someone once told me mm. that you know, in your after your third year in education, you're that's as good as you're going to get as a teacher, and I held on to that. And every year I fight to prove that person wrong because nothing about you is designed to stay the same. You mm-hmm. grow up, you get older, your voices change, your philosophy, your sense mm-hmm. of importance, you know, change. The, you know, everything about you is designed to change over time. And I refuse to think that this is the best that, you know, I'm going to get. So, you know, if that was you know, if that was true, if this is good as we're going to get, why do they keep teachers on professional learning plans? Why do we develop goals? Because there's something for us to work towards. Mm-hmm. There's something for us to get better at. So, no, I don't believe that's not my personal philosophy that a teacher gets better or after year three, that's as good as you're going to get. You know, for me, it's fighting to get better, you know, whether it's developing stronger rapport with my students, strengthening my pedagogy. I'm in a master's program right now because I wanted to get better. I wanted to, um, increase the amount of strategies I have in my instructional tool belt. You know, I want to get better because I refuse to believe that this is mm-hmm. as good as I'm going to get. Because if so, I might as well quit. So, no, what <clears throat> what Preach, got me Preach. into education is the exact same thing that keeps me in ed. I like it. I like it. All right, Tweezy, wrap it up for us, bro. Hey, so it's something cool when you can watch a young mind grow and develop over the course of the time that you get them in August. And then you're able to say, I did everything that I could to shape, to uh, to mold this, this mm-hmm. mind, to help in different resources and things to help them grow academically. And so what got me into teaching was the fact that naturally I'm a teacher. Naturally I'm a leader. Naturally I just have a gift, you know, from God that I'm able to captivate rooms and I'm able to hold people's attention with my personality and my words. And so I took that gift and that skill and I just applied it to teaching. And truth be told, my students teach me more than I teach them every day. And that's what keeps me going, learning from Mm -hmm. them, learning from the different generations. You know, I'm, I'm 11 years in now 
and every year I learn a new dance move. <laughs> every year I learn a new <laughs> word. Every year I learn something new from the culture. You know, we always hear that word, do it for the culture, but y'all got to realize as teachers, man, we really see the culture evolve every two to three years. Every two to three years, we always, we because we, we see the young people. True. The young people is the culture. I don't care what anybody wants to say. <clears throat> If the young people are not doing it and gravitate towards it, it has no value. And so, you know, my thing was when I came in, I wanted to be a part of that culture, man, and, and keep pushing and, and taking from it and then adding to it. So that's what keeps me going, seeing these young people elevate and grow. Word. Word, yeah, real, for real. That's real. That's real big. You made a very valid point there. Like our students really have their pulse on what's in, in the culture. I never thought exactly. about that, but that's real big. So this, it, 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 so the two words, two words popped up um, when I was having this conversation with the principal, and even when I talk to the guys every now and again, is these two words of motivation and ambition, motivation and ambition. And today, our main topic for today really just so circling around motivation and ambition. You heard from um, just these few responses, how ambitious these are. So real quick, just going around uh, the uh, the table, guys, just yes or no, real quick. Ambition, ambition, the same thing. Uh, Donnie, motivation, ambition, the same thing. Yes or no? I would. Mm, I'm a bite. I'm gonna say yeah. I would say yeah because uh, ambition is goal oriented. Hold on, Donnie. We gonna come back in this place. <laughs> no doubt. No right, doubt. Motivation, ambition, the same thing. Yes or no? Ah, man, that is a t it's a tough one. Um, I will say, Jesus. No. All right. Antoine, are motivation and ambition the same thing? I say no. All right. I, for the sake of conversation, will play devil's advocate and say yes. So to our, we're going to do our no panel first. So uh, Antoine first did Najee. You said no. Tell us why. Um, well, when you think about motivation, motivation is a feeling when we all know that uh feelings can come and go you know every day i'm not motivated mm. to teach my students i'm gonna keep you honest with you i'm not motivated every day every day that i wake up to go in there with them little funny looking kids i mean those beautiful kids <laughs> hey hey i'm not motivated every day and sometimes it's not their fault it's what i got going on personally but my ambition which means my my marathon, my, my finish line, the thing that I signed up to do, that's different. So ambition keeps me going while motivation just helps me along the way. And some days I kind of tap into my ambition when my motivation fails. So I don't I can't connect those two because if I did what I wanted to do every day based off my motivation, my feelings, mm -hmm. I, I would lose. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's true. All right, now you jump in there, man. Um, I, you know, my simply put, I think am, our motivation is a is a want and ambition is a need. Um, I think motivation is a prerequisite mm -hmm. to ambition. So um, in order for you to to have this strong ambition or because because motivation, um, ambition is a strong desire, whereas motivation is a general desire. Mm -hmm. So I can I can you know I I can have motivation or I don't have to have motivation, 
but ambition drives from within that's that character but in order for me to tap into that ambition i have to have i have to have this prerequisite for motivation so i think that they're both so, different one is a want one is a need the other one drives the other i got you got you all right don you said yes we both said yes but so i'm gonna let you go first so first first off you and e uh lewis and e, y'all brought up some really really good points and gave me definitely gave me something to think about in regards to how you think about the differences and similarities between those two words. When I think about ambition or when I think about motivation, um, if you think about the root word of motivation, it's motive. Ambition is goal oriented. Mm. So both words circle, circumnavigate around intent. What are your intentions? So for me, that's why I said, or at least I think that ambition and motivation, uh, I, I won't use absolutes. I'll say that's why I think motivation and ambition many times can be synonymous with each other, depending on what's going on. So that's why I said that. Yeah. So when I think of motivating ambition, it actually brings me to another word, and that is your drive. Motivation and ambition really, really tie into what you to succeed and to drive to want to be. Some people are motivated enough to go the extra mile. Some people are ambitious enough where they get started. But I tie into the spark of wanting to do something. Some people use is is a tomato tomato type of thing some people say tomato some people say tomato some people say motivation some people say these things really are synonymous with you wanting to do something to do something now you brought up a good point about the needs and the wants some people who need to do things they're motivated some people who want to do things they're ambitious but it all ties back into what you are driven to do now let's bring this to the classroom as we often do um do students today lack motivation do students today lack motivation and ambition and i'm gonna be one to be honest with you i think they do i think our students are ambitious because they have dreams they have the ideas but they're not as motivated or easily motivated as you know it, it once was being able to do and i think that's where the problem kind of comes in a lot of times a lot of kids lack the motivation to really go um e jump in there man uh man this is tough man the either or with these two words man because they're so quite similar but then they're different in the same way uh i mean i think I do think that our students lack the prerequisite, which is motivation. For me now, um, they don't they 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 come to school unmotivated because mm -hmm. there's no motivation at home. I mean, when your parent didn't finish school or your parent had bad experiences at school, I mean, where's your motivation for wanting to finish school or wanting to do well? Where where where's the motive as as Donnie put it earlier? Where are you getting that that motive that that motive? So I, I don't know. I, I think our students 
lack a lot of motivation because it takes motivation to want to complete a test. It, it takes motivation mm-hmm. to try out for a team, uh, to, to even be on the team and sit on the bench just to support yeah. your team. So I just think that the lack thereof of motivation causes the lack of participation, the lack of, you know, treating school like it's a tool versus, you know, something that I don't need later on down the road. Because later they end up becoming motivated to go to school because they they've worked in the workforce and then they start understanding that, okay, well, now I need a degree in order to be more successful. But um, and then, you know, but anywho, um, motivation for me, I think our students lack motivation. I'll jump in and say our students. Go ahead, Antoine. Students are they're they're very ambition, ambitious. I think that their motivation is misguided. I think that they have, man, this generation mm-hmm. that we're speaking of right now, the one that, you know, uh, is at the forefront, they're very ambitious. I think they're very motivated. I just believe that their focus is misguided. They're motivated on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. They're ambitious, ambitious about the wrong, you know, ideologies and, 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 and mind frames. And that's why you need people like ourselves, these strong black men and people that want to see these students successful in the future. Because, again, when you do not know the use of something, abuse is a bound to happen. And so what happens mm-hmm. is like just to say this and I might be there going off a little bit, but cell phones, technology is neither good or bad. But if you put it in the wrong hands and you do not know the 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 use of google you'll go online and copy a whole essay and then turn it in for yourself that's 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 Mm -hmm. the wrong use for it but if you're ambitious enough to go online and find somebody else's work then you're showing me you got ambition it's just misguided and so our students they don't lack ambition and motivation their motives are just misguided that's just my opinion yeah good stuff good stuff all right don uh my opinion is that like Antoine stated, um, the students have motivation, but to be honest with you, a transparent, it's like the both of you said, Ian Lewis, it's a lot of times they're not interested right now at this stage in their development, they don't find much use or they don't want to find much use for what we're teaching them sometimes or making those connections. And like he stated previously, later on down the road, they'll find the importance once it's forced to be important to them once they realize that they need x y and z in order to get to this next step or stage in their life so there's motivation within our youth our young adolescents because we all serve or have served the middle level um population i know he went on to serve high school as well with a lot of our children they're motivated but um like Lewis said, uh, it's misguided. Um, An even bigger thing I've noticed, like, so they have motivation, misguided motivation, but more than anything, it's discipline that they, that they struggle with. And I I would put, I would put Mm -hmm. that at number one. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, that's something that a lot of us struggle with because what discipline does, motivation is seasonal. Sometimes you'll feel like doing this. Sometimes you won't. Sometimes I'll feel like studying an extra 30 minutes for this test 
And sometimes I'll be like, well, forget it. I'll make whatever I make. But discipline is a code. Discipline is based off of uh, objective codes that regardless of how you feel, it still needs to be done. So uh, with a lot of our children, in my opinion, it's discipline that is an issue. So for example, I had a, um, I utilize Khan Academy. And one of the great things about Khan Academy is that it allows students multiple opportunities to show proficiency, meaning that they can keep redoing it over and over until they make a better score. They can copy questions, they can study the questions that they got wrong, and they can do better each and every time. And so I would tell my students, um, shoot for the A, go for the A, you know, shoot for the stars, land on the land on a cloud. And I had one young lady, extremely bright young lady, every week she would stop at 89 when I knew she could get 100. And one time I had a conversation with her. I said, hey, why do you always stop at 89? You can make 100 if you wanted to. And she replied, because that's all I need. Mm. And I told her, well, why not shoot for the A if you know you can get it? Why not shoot for your very best instead of giving me your very least? So it's not like the most you can make is an 89%. 80, that's all you want to give is 89%. Shoot for 100, give give 100%. And I mean that more than just literally with the assignment, but that's that, that corresponds to all areas of your life because you're going to grow up with that mentality. Okay, I can give 100%, but I'm just going to give you 89%. So the, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. So they're developing these poor habits early on. So they have motivation um, seasonally, like many of us do, but the number one struggle is discipline because discipline is going to be there whether you feel like it or not. You know, mm-hmm. things always need to be done. There's always something that needs to be completed or done. You know, discipline, discipline is that stern parrot that's pointing their finger in your face saying, mm-hmm. hey, get this taken care of because it needs to be. Doesn't care about how you feel. Get it done because it needs to be. Right. Right. Man, I was like, you want to get back in there, man. Yeah, man, because uh, while, while Donnie was talking, man, you know, you highlighted some things there. And when I think about like the word ambition, because I love what you said about discipline. Um, but when I think about that word ambition, and you know, this is just a rhetorical question, uh, one word that comes to your head when you think of ambition, and for me, it's goal. It's an mm-hmm. end goal. So when you ask the kids, what is your ambition for being in school? Right? I want to graduate high school. I want to make straight A's. Or what is your ambition? You know, you ask a kid in poverty, I want to get out of poverty. That's the big overarching goal then what is it going to take for you to reach your ambitious goal? Motivation. And a lot of times it's like, okay, how can I reach the end goal? And then in order to have motivation, back to Donnie's point, you got to be disciplined. You got to have that discipline attached to the motivation in order for you to drive. Like that that student that you was talking about, Donnie, man, her, her ambition probably was, a C. You know, you got a lot of people say, man, I just want to make a C, man. I just I just want to just pass. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and, yeah. and that's their ambitious yeah. goal. That's their goal. Mm-hmm. But they don't have a motivation to even push them to even make a C. That's why they fall amongst the D's and L. That's their that's their stars. Because mm-hmm. uh, their moon is a C. It's average. That's and a good point. 
a lot of people a lot of people's moon is their average so when they can't they can't shoot for the moon they land amongst below average mm. so but mm. that's their motivation that's a good point which is their stars perspective is everything that's a good point good stuff what is the this stuff getting good here. All right, this is gonna bring us to another real quick question, man. We talked, we talked a little bit about it. And as you listeners, as you hear, we got some of the most motivated and ambitious men you would ever want to talk with. So let me ask this question because again, we know people in and out of the building, and oftentimes a kid's attitude reflects the adult who was in their life. So do you believe? teachers as well as parents lack ambition and motivation do you think it's something that we as adults got to check ourselves on first before we get to the students and teach them about motivation and ambition do you think a lot of unfortunate of our teachers our co-workers heck even admin do you think they lack motivation and ambition Antoine go ahead take that on first bro so the question is does admin and teachers lack motivation and ambition yeah do, you, yeah, do you think to admin, teachers, adults, just any grown person today really lacks motivation and ambition? Uh, <clears throat> yes, I do. <clears throat> I think it happens in the teaching profession. Um, but let me tell you why it happens. They put so many things on our plates that it burns our ambition to the point where we had it. Everybody starts with it. Everybody comes in with the eye of the tiger. But then when you have so many other elements in education that they put on our plates that grinds you down, it's like brakes. Yeah, brakes work when you first get them. But if you drive that car around for five to six years, what happens to those brakes? They start to wear and tear. And what happens is Mm -hmm. they want you to continue your job with the same pair of brake pads <laughs> the whole entire school year. And when a person gets tired and Reach worn down, their ambition starts to lack. And that's what happens, man. It's hard keeping that ambition and that motivation the whole entire year. It's very hard. And I think a lot of people don't have other resources. Like what we do now, y'all keep me, y'all keep me ambitious. This keeps me motivated. It's just too bad everybody doesn't have a brook to draw from. Yeah. 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 I feel you. I'm going to jump in on that one, bro. I think most certainly, yes, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yes. And it's not it's not because of a lack of want or a lack of desire or, or the motivation. But a lot of us know that in the field of education, chances come far and few for a lot of different things. So how do you stay motivated from year one to year three when you only get maybe two or three chances for advancement or you really get maybe two or three chances for, you know, some type of recognition? How do you stay motivated from year five to year 10? How do you stay ambitious from year five to year 10 when it seems like every year resources are getting fewer and fewer and there are more changes? is being thrown your way so like you said i don't think it's be i think it's because of the environment but i don't think it's because of the people that ambition and motivation lacks you know i think you and you see it sometimes teachers get stuck in ruts they get stuck in the 
I, I did it this way, this way was successful, this way produced results. So I'm gonna stick right here. And it's not because of a lack of motivation or an ambition, but it's because oftentimes we get stuck in these safe spaces, these, these, these boxes that this works. I don't wanna step outside this box. I don't wanna be too ambitious and, and then something fall off. And then now I'm back at square one when it comes to education. So I don't think they lack or teachers lack motivation and ambition because it's a personal thing. I, I just think it's an uh, it's a after effect of the environment of education itself right now. Heavy. I would have to agree with you guys. Um, you know, we, we're taught to begin with the end in mind. And, you know, in July, you know, teachers can see May and say, man, you know, I got my lesson plans. I have everything already planned out. You know, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I can see May. And, you know, and you look at it as a track, right? Because you can see the whole track. And, mm -hmm. you know, you got those ambitious goals. And, you know, man, I know the school year is going to be this. And then as you're going through the school year, your motivation is pushing you. All right. You know, remember, remember the goals that we set. Remember and and. But then, as Antoine stated, then, you know, they start throwing in obstacles. You know, they start throwing in hurdles uh, uh, throughout. And now your ambition, like, well, I don't know. I don't think I can do that goal anymore. Or, you know, so then your motivation begins to decline. And then by the end of the school year, you look back and you realize you was never running on a track. You was running in a terrain. And you you say, man, like they, they you know, this is they they've thrown so many things at me. They have recalibrated what this track was. They turned it into a mountaintop or a whole terrain. You look back and you say, man, I wow. did it. But that's when wow. you realize how strong your ambition was, because how strong your ambition and your motivation was. You 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 set strong goals, and you were so motivated to get through it regardless of all the headache each and every year when teachers go through that and they they get to may and they just woo side and just have that exhale moment and they look back and they say man this was a crazy school year it's not even what part of the school year it's a blank man it was a and it's because you know that you were so motivated you push yourself even if you didn't accomplish all the goals your ambitious self you you knew that you you was motivated enough and whatever it is that motivated you you got there to that end goal to that point and then you just reset new goals and you hope for you hope for a smooth year the following year but it's unfortunate that you know curveballs is always thrown your way antoine to your point they throw hurdles and potholes and rocks at you along the way uh can i jump in real quick and <clears throat> not to take us off the course of the podcast, but I promise you it has everything to do with what we're talking about now. E, Mr. E, you recently just got through doing a Spartan race and you ran a 10K, which was an obstacle course. Can you just, with those of us on the show, those of us that are listening, can you share with us what was it that you told yourself, not when you first started, but when you were really in the meat of the race and you were tired, exhausted, fatigued, what did you tell yourself? Where did you dig from to keep from quitting? And I mean this kind of literally and metaphorically um, as we talk about teachers and ambition and whatnot. Like in, in that moment, what were you telling yourself to keep yourself from saying, all right, th that's enough. I quit. Can you share that, please? Yeah. Uh, so 
man, and I wanted to quit a lot of times. And, you know, as I press forward and I'm running for 25 minutes and I'm just going hard the first, you know, just jumping over obstacles along the way. And then I, I get to mile one and I was like, oh, my God. Then that's when anxiety started kicking in. Hmm. And I was like, all that was just mile one. <laughs> Mentally, I thought I was at mile five already. And I was like, okay, I just got to get to the sixth mile. But when I realized that it was more of this left, that, that wasn't even the first quarter. That wasn't even half the battle. And I was like, wow, I went through so much within that first mile that when I realized I reached mile one, anxiety kicked in because I was like, there's more of this to go. And I looked at my friends around me and they looked at me like we need each other. We had to pull. And I was like, I can't. Wow. Quit. I put a I can't mm -hmm. quit mentality in my mind. And I was like, I'm here. If I turn around, I got to go back through everything that I just came from. Mm -hmm. So I can't go back. So what I got to do, I got to keep moving forward because forward is going to take me to the end goal. So I just got to keep pressing forward, keep jumping over the heart. I've already proved that I can do it. Yeah, I'm a little tired, but I just have to keep pushing, finding energy mm. where there was no energy, finding strength where there was no strength, you know, leaning on people who I needed to pull me over some of the some of the walls I had to climb, climb. And, you know, once I got to the finish line, there was like a fiery thing that you had to jump through and all of us jumped through it together. And then we paused and looked at each other and we looked back. We was like, we did that fully muddy. Mm. It was one of the toughest things I ever did. And I was like, man, we finally, when we thought we couldn't do it, we did it. Woo. That's heavy. Man. Yeah, that's heavy. Very, very, very. That's heavy, bro. Man. Yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy, bro. Man. Come Wicked. on, boy. Wicked. I'm going to stop the show after that, boy. Ain't nothing else need to be said about this. <laughs> But that was a 10K Spartan yeah, race. Now, I don't know if it has anything to line to do with our topic. Man, everything. <laughs> everything. Come on, come on, E. Come on, E. You knew what you was doing. Don't don't, don't play coy. You knew what you was doing. You knew you was I did the race for this show. I knew it was what? doing this show, so I went on and did the race beforehand. <laughs> that was his pre-show oh, research. <laughs> that was my prerequisite. <laughs> Oh boy. oh boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy. But that's a school year. If you, I mean, everything that I just stated was yes. just a was one school year. Was a ten k obstacle Spartan race. From now on, the school year will be known as the race. Yes. I am, I'm, I'm referring to each and every school year as the Spartan race from now on. Next, next three twenty-four Spartan race, we in it. And and look, there was opportunities for me to quit, and I, I kept telling myself, and my friends kept telling me because when I felt like I needed to quit, I was trying to make an excuse. They was there to stop me from doing that, and I was there for them as well. And then I thought about it. if I quit, I got to go back home yes, and sir. tell my wife that I didn't finish. I got to come back and tell my boys because mm. I ain't gonna have no pictures to text mm. y'all in the group chat. To show that I did complete the race, so I was, mm. I was, my motivation mm. pushed me. And he taking pictures too, man, right? <laughs> Muddied up and all. Had had your uh, medallion, your race day chain, boy. And you know what? That Jesus just spoke to someone else too. Jesus Lord. You you never looked like what you what you started like. 
<laughs> oh Jesus, here he go. Ooh. Ooh, you on. never look like how you look when you start. We got to put the pause on the academic discussion right now. Uh-huh. Church up in the <laughs> Hey man, look, look, good stuff, fellas. Good stuff, fellas. As you can tell, we are coming back to have a part two of this conversation because this needs to be had, man. But remember, man, discussion was brought to you by the good folks over at Unfiltered, man. Summertime is fastly approaching, man. Make sure you tap into Unfiltered uh, forever, unfiltered.com to get the latest tees, tech suits, hoodies, joggers, sweats, workout gear. They got it all for the kids, the men, and the women, man. Make sure you use promo code TALES, that's T-A-L-E-S, at the end of checkout for 15% off of your order. That is unfiltered. There is a sign in you. Now, Brother Antoine, um, we have been ambitiously waiting the return of the Teacher's Islands Confessions, and we are motivated. So, uh, Brother, why don't you go ahead and take us there, if you please. Hey, 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 let's go ahead and get into it. This is the Teacher's Lounge Confessions, where if the microwave ain't ready, please don't warm up your spaghetti. Here we go, here we go, here we go. All right, all right, all right, all right. So this one comes in, it says, what you gonna do? What's up, fellas? Hope all is well. We are almost at the finish line, and I can't hardly wait. My question for you, fellas, is... What are you going to do when that last kid leaves on the last day of school? Oh, wait, wait, better question. What you going to do the last day of post-planet? The last day when, you know what, you get to walk up out of that thing and it's over. What are you going to do when that last... Tell me. Hey, Donnie, I'm throwing it to you, man. Last day of post-planet. What you doing? Y'all ever seen a 200-plus pound man moonwalk? <laughs> you you about to. I'm going to look like Rick Ross moonwalking out of that thing. <laughs> oh, man. My boy said he hit. Yeah. <laughs> right. with, my, with my white glove. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, hey, Mr. Wilson. Same question, brother. Post planning, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? So first and foremost, when the last kid leaves on the last day, you about to hear me, bro. I might be singing in falsetto for the rest of the day, how happy I'm about to be. The last day of post planning on the other hand, though. Let me tell you right here, room 810, at the end of post-planning, man, it might be like a cartoon. You're going to see the skid mark. I might leave the keys in the door. It's just gone. And then I'm about to slide on over to uh, uh, Brent's Middle School and moonwalk with Donnie out the door. <laughs> Absolutely. Make it, make it a party. Nah, for real. Najee, my brother, last day, man. Tell me what you doing. Well, you know, I'm I'm not gonna take the keys out the car in that that morning. I gotta let the car stay warm. <laughs> let it run for eight hours. <laughs> Cause when it's time to go, I'm out that door, man. I'm at the back door. I'm I'm known. For, I'm Mr. Back Door. I'm, I'm walking out that back door. Okay. Don't nobody see me leave the building. Oh, oh man. <laughs> hey. 
last day of school i'm telling every every kid every kid last day I, I, i'm doing like oprah you go home to your mama 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 hey i'm sending everybody today mama hey let your mama deal with you for the rest of the summer <laughs> you get a kid you get a kid <laughs> i'm handing them out man i'm handing them out what's up with that lot? what's up with that last day post planning that's fine what you doing the last day of post planning hey last day of post planning on a real serious note man we got some teachers that's rolling out man you know they moving on to better opportunities some uh you know switching to different places and, and moving on so in reality man it's gonna be bittersweet you know dapping up some people that i come to be real fond of and just realizing that change is inevitable mm -hmm. it, nothing stays the same so you, you yeah. holler at your people you roll out and yeah. you keep it pushing yeah, that's real that's real that's real that's yes real. sir yes sir that's gonna wrap it up for the teacher's lounge confessions appreciate it appreciate it Antoine. and as you can see guys we are highly ambitious about the school <laughs> make sure you follow us at Mr. TOTP on Twitter at Tales of the Two Percent on Instagram. Join the conversation on Facebook group at Tales of the Two Percent Podcast. If you want to be a part of the conversation, leave us a teacher's house confession. Email the show at TOTP Podcast at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 470 765 8688. And wherever you are listening to us, man, like, subscribe, five star rate, and share. We are what we are because you guys put the word of mouth out there and tell folks to tap in every week. So we appreciate you. All right, Najee, let's go ahead and jump into the day to dig, my brother. All right. It's data time. So our data comes from uh, a credible online source. There you will find an article discussing student motivation. A team of Canadian and Australian researchers decided to take a scientific approach and comb through classroom studies across the world on sparking student motivation. They found 144 studies involving nearly 80,000 students from elementary school through university. Two conclusions jumped out. First, teachers are far more influential than parents in motivating students to learn. If you want your students to be motivated at school, parents are important, but they're not enough. The teacher has more tools to work with for student motivation. The second conclusion is about how to foster the kind of in, internal or intrinsic motivation that really helps children and young adults succeed in school. The way that teachers and parents influence motivation is an indirect one by satisfying three psychological needs. The three needs are competency, belonging, and autonomy. In the analysis of nearly 150 underlying studies, a sense of competence rose to the top for helping kids feel motivated to learn. By contrast, a sense of autonomy was more important for feeling motivated on the job. And feeling of competence, competence doesn't mean that students already know how to do something, but that they have confidence that they are capable of learning it. Students have a strong sense of competence are likely students who have a strong sense of competence are likely to think that they'll be, get better grades if they study or they'll succeed if they do an exercise fellas my question to you who is more responsible for fostering motivation in students parents or teachers 
Um, I can jump in first. That's always a question. It's always a question. Um, from the sounds of the research it's, that you presented, it sounds like teachers do have a really heavy hand on the experiences that uh, children have. But, you know, I also read something as well that if you tally up how long you live, how many um, hours you live on this earth from the day you're born to the day that you transition, school only accounts for 9% of your life, which is a shockingly low number. Mm. So, you know, I don't want to take away from wow. the fact that teachers do have a helping hand, but you also can't take away from the fact that home home cultivates a lot of experiences for students as well. I believe one time I was reading a STEM article that stated that, you know, eighth graders, 63% of the information that they learned, or I'm sorry, 63% of uh, eighth graders said that they learned a lot of simple engineering practices from home. It's, it's simple things from changing a light bulb mm. to uh, learning about switches and car batteries, those experiences um, they they procured information outside of school. Um, so I, I say all that to say that um, students learn quite a bit from home and your parents should be your first teachers. You know, I, I tell a lot That's of true. parents um, that I conference with that when we get when we have your child that year, we're being added to a community that should have already been established. Us being teachers, we shouldn't be your community. Hmm. Uh, the, the sole part of your community. We're adding to it each year as they get more teachers in there and as they matriculate through the educational system. But the very first teachers, very first um, motivators, so to speak, um, first educators, it, it should start at home. So um, I would say that the parents should be more responsible for fostering not just motivation, but motivation and discipline um, for their scholars. Um, I may only see your child for 60 minutes to 75 minutes a day or in passing in the hallway, but however, you're gonna be the one that spends all the breaks, the weekends, the rest of their lives um, with them, you know? And it, it's very vital to touch bases. I, I'm a grown man. I'm 32, I'll be 33 this summer. I call, I still call my mom and ask for advice. I still talk to my mom about things. Um, education doesn't stop after you get the diploma. You know, mm. life doesn't stop after you get the diploma. You know, if anything, talk school school should just be a training ground to teach you um, and to train you. And then once you get out in the real world, like he said earlier in this podcast, he said that then you learn the significance of education. And, the, you know, we, we hope that the students don't wait later in life to realize how important it is. But, you know, motivation, discipline, ambition, all of those things are important, whether we agree that they, you know, are all the same word or, the, you know, whether we have varying views on it. They, they're all important and all of them mm -hmm. are needed. And, you know, we all have the same goal in mind as adults <clears throat> that we want to see these children successful. But I most definitely agree that it starts at home. The parents should definitely uh, start teaching discipline, um, helping foster motivation within the child, because these things are going to carry 
uh, be carried with them for the rest of their lives. With them. Good stuff, Donnie. Antoine, jump in there. Good stuff. Hey, so <clears throat> Hey, I'm going to play devil advocate a little bit with Donnie Don here. Check it out. Check it out. This is the way I look at it sometimes. We come, uh, we teach a lot of kids from broken homes. Uh, we teach a lot of students that come from environments mm-hmm. that are not the best. Um, I used to always say this, you know, I used to say this to some students. I'm like, I know you know better. I I, I know you come from a home that, that don't allow that. But then when I started sitting down in some of these parent-teacher conferences, and, and going out in public and seeing these parents and hearing them, man, these kids don't know any better because the tree that they're falling from is not cultivating the things that they need. And so I say that to say that I believe that it's my duty and mm-hmm. job to nourish and cultivate some of those skills and some of those, uh, you know, disciplines that a lot of our students do not receive at home. In a perfect world, yes, they are supposed to get that nurturing from their mom, their dad, but honestly, it doesn't happen. And that's why, you know, on our evaluation word, there's one for our T-Keys that says professionalism. I got to be a professional. I might be the only black man in a positive position that my students see. And so I think it's my job to cultivate and nourish them and give them that ambition that they need because they may not get it from home. Right. right, man. Jeff, jump in there, man. Some really good perspectives. So, so I think, but first of all, great points, both guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it it does start at home, because whether you come from a good home, whether you come from a broken home, whether you come from a fluent home, whether you're middle class, your experiences are going to cause you to be motivated about something. You don't want to be like mom and dad. You do want to be like mom and dad. You don't want to end up like uncle ended up. You don't want to be like your cousin. Something that happens at home is going to cause you to be motivated and ambitious about something. I think as teachers, we don't have to spark the motivation and and, and spark the ambition inside of a student, but we do have to allow them the area to research uh, uh, allow them the area to practice, allow them the area to define what that motivation is. Or as we all said prior to, like help them steer them in the direction that we see them kind of leaning towards. Um, first and foremost, Don, I'm shocked and surprised that school only takes up 9% of life because the way I feel, I thought it was at least half your life was, it was in school, the way I be feeling sometimes. <laughs> but um I, I think that as teachers, it's not our job to spark the motivation, but it is our job to give them the area to freely practice, to freely research without a lot of the prejudices that they might receive at home or a lot of the you know stigmas and things that might be received at home. I do think it does start at home and whether we whether we want to admit it or not, we are who we are, we are what we are, because something in our house, something in our early life, something that we were exposed to motivate us and put us on a path, whether we knew it or not, to be who we would become. And it was along the way where we bounced into certain teachers, into certain people, into certain counselors that helped shape that. So I think it starts at home, and then teachers have the unique 
ability of steering and, and pointing kids in the right direction. That's that's just my take on that. Man, really good perspectives, man. Um, let me jump in really quickly. I would say that who is responsible? I would say the parents. Um, home is responsible um, because when I read the article, it's showing that teachers are already motivating the kids, yet here we are. Um, so if parents was adding to what the teachers are already doing, there will probably be a huge difference in education in itself. And I put it, and, and it's an Antoine point, um, you know, some kids coming from broken homes. And, you know, that's what the school, because the school, honestly, our roles as educators is to be motivators. We got to, you mean, we just have to motivate students to do their work each and every day. We have to motivate them just, and it just comes naturally to us because we want to see them do better. Um, the idea behind it is mm -hmm. do home want to see them do better? So we want home to have that same responsibility we have for their own children. So that word fostering comes from the word foster. Although these are not our children, you know, these are our foster children while they in this school building. And we're taking right. care of the needs of these children when, you know, who are not our own. We're mm. caring for them. Education has built this culture of nurturing. Kids come to the to school, they have a nurse, they have a psychologist, they free have lunch. free lunch. They come to school and they can get all their essential needs that they need out of life. What they supposed to be getting at home. Right. Now, is it our responsibility? Mm -hmm. I, th I think who is most responsible? I think parents is most responsible. But when you come from a home that don't that, that don't cultivate or have this climate where you have all these essential things, then you depend on school. So that's when it makes it our responsibility. I think we're the second hand. When you can't get it from home, come to us. When you can't get it from over there, come to us. So our duty, and it's in our and that's in our role, it's innate, it's within us. If you're a teacher, you're a motivator, regardless of you know what it is that you do. I just think that if we had the support of parents um, with motivation, uh, I think that we'll probably see a huge jump in our educational system, especially for our African-American students. And with that, that's our day-to-day, right. fellas. Right. Good stuff, fellas. Good stuff. Good stuff. Real quick, just to jump back in it, because I thought of this as Najee, as you were talking, bro, is is it is easy, you, you know, folks, you, I think when you talk about, you know, you come get it from us, come get it from us, this, that, and the third, I think of lifting a heavy object. I think of lifting a heavy object. Sometimes you try to lift the object with one hand, you can't lift the object. You need both hands to pick up something heavy. Both hands, parenting, teachers, you work together, you can uplift these students. But that was just my little light bulb moment right there. Uh, let's go on. Drop let's a, hey, drop a bomb for Clue. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that happened right there. That's what, that's what happens. We get, we get into these SEO moments right there. Yeah, you just dropped uh, one on us. But at, with that being said, with that being said, with that being said, gentlemen, let's get to the SEL moment for today, fellas. And um, as you can tell, man, first and foremost, thank you guys for the entire episode, man. We've been all about motivation and ambition. And when preparing for this show, man, I thought of two very motivated and very ambitious guys, and that's Nelson Mandela and Winston Churchill. Couldn't be polar two of the most motivated and ambitious guys for um, that 
for whoever walked this earth. And um, that's where our uh, FCL moment comes from for today. I wanted to title it The Drive after listening to the show, man. I want to retitle our SEL moment for today, Moving Forward. So today's SEL moment today is called Moving Forward. Nelson Mandela is quoted as once saying this, I never lose. Either I win or I learn. Nelson Mandela greatest one of the greatest most peaceful strongest black men ever alive said i never lose either i win or i learn winston churchill one of the most motivated men to ever run a country said this this credit the saying this once success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm Success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. So I'm gonna let these sit on you for a second. I never lose, either I win or I learn. Success is stumbling failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. And the reason I wanted to switch this SEL moment to moving forward, one thing we all know in life is that there are very few chances for redos. There are very few chances for repeats. There are very few chances that you get the opportunity to go back to something again. Life moves forward, whether we want it to or not, whether we make time for it or not, you're always going to be moving forward. Um, I remember someone saying, you know, I got a lot more yesterdays than I have tomorrows. So in moving forward, you got to take care of your tomorrow. You got to take care of your, your now. And think about this. The mindset that you never either win or you learn was mind blowing to me. Because when you really tally up the battles that you've done, when you really tally up the things that you've gone to war with, whether you've won or whether you quote unquote lost, you learn something either about yourself, about the situation, or about what you can handle. And that has propelled you forward. And moving from uh, in success, moving from failure to failure, we all know, man, we're going to fail it. We get it right 100% of the time. But where the success comes in is not losing the enthusiasm to step out to you to try, continue to be motivated, continue to push forward, continue to have those ambitions, even in the face of negativity, and you will see this is being able to handle the failure, being able to handle the lack of, being able to handle those losses and learn and continue to move forward. That's the only direction, man. Um, I remember there was a quote somewhere or an affirmation of saying somewhere where they talked about the size of the mirrors in your car. They talk about the rear view mirror and then it's the Oh, they talk, excuse me, they talk about the windshield. So there's like, why is the, the rear view mirror always smaller than the windshield? You think you would need to be able to see what's behind you. But it's like the rear view mirror is small because you're only meant to glance at what's behind you. You need to pay attention to what's going forward, which is why the windshield is bigger. Quote that into life, lose, you either win or you learn, pay attention to what's coming next. Success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. If you keep that motivation, if you keep that ambition in life, you never lose. You got more coming to you than you have more behind you. You got more 
or that's about to happen in the next one. So the end of school year, then you have this entire school year, man. So I hope that you guys keep the drive to move forward. I hope you know that you never lose. You either win or you learn. I hope you learn something about yourself that you can or you can't do. And remember that success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm to fight. Let's finish out the school year strong ahead into the summer, knowing that you gave it your best. That's our SEL moment for the day, fellas, man. How y'all feeling? Ambitious. <laughs> Motivated. Yeah. <laughs> man, listen, yeah. that that piece with you don't you win but you you know you don't lose i mean you know what was it what did nelson mandela say you you win or i, you I never lose either i win or i learn yep and i've always lived by that man because in, even in losses you learn i'm not Ooh. gonna lose the same way i'm not gonna lose the same way at least i learned that i'm not gonna lose to you by this i may lose this way then i'm gonna learn from that so losses, actually losses yeah. are good. Failure is good sometimes because yeah. there's a lesson behind the failure. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. no, nah, for real. Hey, I'm the good book even says uh, tribulation creates character. About this. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, fellas. Good word, man. Fellas, y'all go ahead and give us our shout uh, y'all out till we get on the pad here. Hey, I just want to send a shout out to all of the students that are getting ready to take Georgia Milestone GMAS uh, tomorrow. My son, Antoine, uh, hey man, dad loves you. I believe in you. You're a champion. You're a warrior. You can do anything, no matter what. Hey, believe in yourself. Trust your instinct. Wisdom comes from the most high. Let's get it. We're going for level three. There it is. Yes, sir. Shouts out yes, to my sir. son. Uh, his birthday was Thursday, so just turned seven. I'm thinking about getting him out of private schools and bringing him to Clayton County Public Schools, man. I, I said, you know what? It's time. It's time, man. You know, how 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 dare I work in a public yeah. school and not, not have my son in a public school with me? So, yeah, man. Shouts out to my little one, man. He going to be joining CCPS next school. Let's get it. Well, mm-hmm, since bro. we shout, since we shouting out sons, let me not break up the uh, the pattern. I want to shout out uh, my son DJ, who turns three uh, next month. Dude. Uh, he's growing and developing each day, and, and you know we love you, and we're here, and we'll you know to this day we continue to be your biggest asset, man. We love you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have not realized, we at Tales of the 2%, we are probably some of the most proudest papas, the proudest fathers. We all have the task and the uh, assignment of raising young black kings. So we we do not take this lightly. And I got to shout out my young black king that I am currently looking at on the baby monitor right now as he rolls around in his crib. Um, My boy, Jefferson Theodore Wilson. That is my son. That is my boy, my namesake. I love your life boy boy you just you're awesome in every category and i can't wait for the world to see what you are what you will become um yeah man shout out to all the nephews doing great things man shout out to all the kids getting ready to take gmas y'all finish this thing on out you have prepared all school year for this this test is easy you hear me easy man 
Shouts out to our loyal listeners. Thank you guys for tapping in each and every week. To our sponsors, man. Thank you guys for doing all that you do, man. To the guys on this show, man. Donnie, Najee, Antoine, fellas, if nobody has told you, I am proud of you, gentlemen. Thank you for what you do. Keep being a light in this world that we need. You guys are awesome, man. Shout out to my beautiful wife, man. Thank you for allowing me to take this time out to come out and do what we do, man. It just, it's been an amazing ride so far, man. Uh, we got a ticket out the door. Anybody got any last words? Hey, real quick, uh, something I heard from Steve Harvey over the uh, past couple of days. I've been listening to uh, uh, an interview he did. Hey, it's crowded at the bottom for a reason. You're not supposed to be there. Tap into your resources. Try anything and everything because that's what life is about. Take risks. Don't worry about the uh, end. Just keep going. Do your thing. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's take it out the door right there, baby. My big brother Steve Harvey down. Now, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the man Donnie, America's favorite science teacher, on behalf of it's too cool for school, on behalf of the coolest TDS ever known, man. I am Mr. Wilson. This is Tales of the Two Percent, and we out. Y'all have a good one, man. Y'all get some sleep, kids. I gotta take that test. Thank you.